We're live, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on this awesome Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. I don't know why it's so hard to minus by two. It's just my brain like melts. Chris from Dirty Tesla is on with me this evening. We're going to talk about all things Tesla, specifically FSD as well, and whatever else comes up. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me, man. How you doing? Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I am doing great tonight. Just, you know, it's time for time for YouTube. So I'm excited to talk to everybody and, and read some comments and stuff. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for those that are joining us on YouTube, uh, Chris has been doing the YouTube thing for, for a long while. I actually just learned uh, today that he's been doing this since 2019. He started as a uh, sort of more of an owner experience type uh, type channel, and then he's transitioned into a lot more FSD type video. How has that been for you to sort of uh, go through that YouTube journey? Because, I mean, four years, you know, if, if I use my experience it's been a year and a half and i felt like i've learned uh, like 20 years worth of information i can't even imagine what four well, four years on youtube is like so what how does it feel like what goes through your mind when you think about that yeah for sure i mean it's yeah it's it's been a crazy journey i never ever ever would have expected it led to what it did. You know, I started out just kind of like, uh, maybe I can make my car payment with this. That was honestly like post a few videos here and there. And that was my goal. And it just opened the door to, you know, meeting uh, Sandy Monroe and, and tons of other people from YouTube. And then, uh, now Elon Musk is following me on Twitter, which is like crazy. I don't know what I do <laughs> that made him want to do that, but that's, you know, whatever. Um, and just having this access to talk to people like you and the people in the comments that, uh, so, so what you said, the learning, I mean, I've learned so much, but it's been a journey with the different types of content because you kind of try to follow the algorithm, of course, but at the same time, you want to keep it varied and YouTube really likes to stick you in a little box. So kind of struggling with, with that, you know, over the years too. Yeah. I, I, what I really enjoy about your content is that I can tell you put in so much time into the editing, into making sure that your shots are set up correctly. Uh, I just think that the way you record your videos is super high quality, and I'm not at all surprised by your success, uh, honestly. And, and I just want to commend you for all the work you do. I think I think the way you cover the the FSD story is is super cool because you don't really hide anything. You just sort of show it for what it is, and you give your commentary, and then you do your wife tests, which is so good for me because I do my wife tests, and then I'm like, we're, I'm comparing wife tests. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's just great to kind of see how it evolves and. Yeah, man, I just I just really, really like what you do. And I, I just want to give you props for that for sure. You, I know you put in a lot of time. I, I know it's not it's not easy. Uh, yeah, thank you. Content, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And you know, there's actually a, a small amount of videos that end up just like canceled, you know, I do all this recording, and then there's something off or, you know, the camera angles not good, or the sounds a little iffy. And I'm like, you know, it's not even worth like people aren't gonna like this. So I toss those. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do my best to, to make it enjoyable and educational for people. What, what do you find is the hardest thing about having a YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, so in the beginning, what I loved about it is it was just like, this is my channel. I could post whatever I want. Like back in the day, I would post like, I did a review of like one of my drones, you know, I was like, I love tech. I just, whatever, just, who cares? Even though my name is Dirty Tesla. As it's grown, I feel like I never thought I would feel this, but I feel more of a pressure to like deliver so that even comes down to these days, I hate to say it, but even like my tweeting and all these things I do, I just analyze it a lot more. And I don't feel like I have the, the freedom I did when I was like this nobody. <laughs> um, because, you know, I still 
kind of consider myself just like some random guy. There's nothing special about me besides, you know, I have a YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, that's kind of sometimes, you know, I overanalyze like what, <laughs> what I'm going to post. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can connect with that because it's, I almost have like a, like a defensive mechanism that whenever I feel like either the algorithm or the content, right. I start to feel boxed in by it. I have like a de defensive mechanism that's like, okay, you have to do something that's opposite of that, you know? And like, I, I try to do that on Twitter a lot more where, you know, I think the people that follow me on Twitter probably see a lot more of me as an individual Definitely. than they would on YouTube, you know? Right. Um, I know we follow each other on, on Twitter and I'm sure you see my, I sometimes go on rants and I can't help it. I'm like, okay, this is like the platform for me to go on a rant. So I go on a rant and it, it feels freeing in a sense, but it's, I think part of me is also like, boy, but is this good for the brand? Is this good for the brand? You know, is this going to impact my ability to grow the YouTube channel or, or to have people, you know, am I going to alienate some people with some of my views or what I cover on my Twitter? You know, I try to also do different things on my YouTube channel as well. And it's something I personally struggle with. And I feel like it's like a, when I talk to more, as I've talked to more YouTubers, I feel like it's pretty common, you know, and it's, uh, do, do you see yourself like when you think about your channel in like two, three years time, is that part of the equation or are you trying to figure out ways on how to, sort of have more people see more of you like how how do you how do you navigate that yeah because i mean obviously you post to youtube because you want views right but at the same time of course depending on what type of channel you are you also want to be authentic and deliver things that uh you know are kind of true and that people want to watch so you know i i go with what is popular but that I also am like happy to be doing at the time. So even before full self-driving beta existed, I was posting videos of just navigating an autopilot on the highway. I mean, I, I was doing that for a couple of years before beta existed because mm. I loved it. I thought it was fun. And after I posted the first one, people were like, hey, this is great. I want to see how the car performs in different scenarios. So I just kind of stuck with that. And then when beta came out, of course, that's the popular thing. So I was like, all right, let's just kind of do beta because that's what everyone wants. But then you get pushed into this box. So my, my channel was always this Tesla box, which I was fine with. Now my channel is like a full self-driving box. <laughs> um, and so going forward, I, I do like, I just posted a video about all that recent Cybertruck stuff that just came out on Twitter the past few days because I love Cybertruck and I want to talk about that. But of course that video is not performing as well, which, you know, is fine. You just kind of have to push through that. So looking forward the next few years, it's just going to flow. Like pretty soon here, I'm going to have a Model Y two-year review. I just passed two years and 40,000 miles. And it's an important thing. And it's kind of, again, what started my channel is like one of my biggest videos was my Model 3 review after like a month or whatever. And at back back then anyway. And so I'm going to post that. And then when I get my Cybertruck, I'm going to post uh, talking about the Cybertruck and my experience with that. So you just, I mean, for me, I'm just going to push through and try to aim for what people want, um, you know, mm -hmm. as much as I can. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I uh, I encourage you to to make whatever you you think is uh, is worth making because I think the quality of your video is 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 awesome. And, and the again, like I said, the success you. you've received, well deserved. Does let me ask you this? Because Elon follows me on Twitter too, and it's like mm -hmm. one of those like really weird things where uh, I don't know if you felt this too, but for the first like few days, and, and I'm just gonna say it openly because it, I think it's a human I think it's a human reaction. I'm like. Holy shit, every time I tweet something, Elon's probably going to see it. 
and and the, it messed with my head for the first few days. It was really weird. Did you go through that too? Is that I, I did. Yes. I'm glad you yeah. said it first because I felt yeah. super stupid about that. Um, no. <laughs> but 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 I was like, oh my gosh, now this like this dude is gonna see what I'm tweeting, and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> Honestly, like my my perspective has always been like. I love Tesla. Like I, I love everything about the company, but at the same time, I'm not just going to blindly love it. I love it because the products are awesome and they've served yeah. me well. So my, my three, I had three pretty decently big tweets the, in the days before he followed me and all three of them were complaining about something about Tesla. Um, mm. you know, like I had to get my car towed, uh, cause I had a flat tire and I had to pay for the tow. Like roadside wouldn't help me because I had aftermarket tires. And I was like, that's stupid. Like that seems really cheap. I don't want help with my tire. I want you to give me a tow because I'm still under warranty and I have roadside, you know, service. Um, and so anyway, I was like, I'm not going to change like who I am just cause like, I mean, it's Twitter who, who cares that much about it. Um, but, um, I'm not going to change who I am just because he, you know, followed me, but I did for like a day or so, just kind of like, uh, I'm just going to think yeah. about this a little bit. So now I had, <laughs> I had the same reaction, but luckily it sounds like you too. I'm kind of over that now. And really quick before we keep going, I just want to answer yeah. One person said, seems, seems sus. Matt said, seems sus. L is uppercase. That is because I had an impersonator back in the day on Twitter. And if you had an uppercase I, it looked the exact same as a lowercase L. So now to this day, my L is uppercase so that they the bots can't um, try to mimic me. I just want to put that out there. That's why. <laughs> Pro tip. Yes. Pro tip, y'all. <laughs> You heard it from Chris. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I I was wondering too, and I bet you a lot of people. I think that's just a very normal human thing. It's like when, when when uh when somebody that has influence starts like seeing, okay, cool, look at what this person has to say, and I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, it's right. like very awkward. But yeah, I I think I think it's purely normal, and it's one of those things where I think as long as like you said, as long as long as we hold true to what we believe in, and we're not, you know. Uh, to the best of our of our ability are really being true to ourselves in a public setting. And I think that's the other thing that's difficult about this too, is that it's public, you know, like people are out right. there kind of seeing what you're doing every single day um, is the best we can do. And hopefully people, you know, value that. And if they don't, then I guess we got to do better, you know, from that perspective. So sure. um, let me pick your brain on, on the, a lot of the FSD stuff that's been going on lately. So uh, you're still on 11.44. Is that right. correct? Okay. Yep. You've had that for what, a couple weeks now? That yeah, I think two weeks. So okay. maybe, uh, yeah, something like that. Net improvement or net regression for you with 4.4? Four, four? Versus? Versus? Like four, uh, four, three or? 3.6. Three, oh, 3.6. Oh, better than 3.6. Yeah, better okay. than 3.6. So it's a lot. I, I'm finding that the 11.4.x is uh, overall a lot better for me in terms of just like overall driving dynamics, like how it feels and and getting from A to B, but it brought with it for me some like consistent bugs of like uh, drifting into these side lanes that open up. Like when you're driving and a right turn lane opens up, let's say it'll just kind of drift into it, like happens so yeah. much. And that never happened to me before. And it's like been months of that at this point with me voice reporting it every single time. And it's like, are these voice reports doing anything? So there's some consistent bugs that I'm actually going to post a couple of them to Twitter, uh, later today, probably later tonight, probably. Um, but besides those consistent bugs, just the overall driving is definitely an improvement for me versus earlier versions. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I've experienced too. It's 11, 11, four and on the roads that I mostly travel on is exactly what you described. It's the, sort of the, the two lane and they, you have these, uh, turning lanes that open up on exactly. either side. 
and there's this main uh, sort of artery that goes up and down the Austin metro area where, where I where I live. And uh, it's it's these are every like quarter mile and like literally, you know, four, three was worse than four, four. So it would try to take every single one. And I'm I'm having an issue with um, lane select, like being in the right lane still with the with the yep. 11 fours, whereas with three, six, I felt like on those roads, it was much better. But then the flip side is in city style driving, anything that is not that type of scenario, it's it's significantly better. It's just a large percentage of my driving is in that scenario that it's not great at. So for me, it's a, it's a regression. It's like from a percentage of total time on the road. Interesting. Were, yeah. So okay. yeah. I'm just curious to get your take. Yeah. Well, what's, what's interesting for me is I have, yeah, my way to work, I have the same thing. It's two lanes. And then on both sides, we have Michigan lefts where it's basically a U-turn. And then the other mm. side, it's just a right, normal right turn lane. Those open up kind of as you go down the road, they keep opening. And then, you know, they're just there until you make the turn. And early in, in 11.4 on that road, it would be every single, maybe not everyone, but almost everyone, it would drift and I had to correct it and it drift and I'd have to correct it. Well, then it got a lot better on, keep in mind, I'm talking about this one road, okay. Uh, that I take every single day. It got better, except at the end, there's one that it still takes pretty much every time, but out of the maybe six or seven that are there, it only takes the one now, whereas before it was doing, yeah. you know, between five and seven. So then we go to the other side of the state last weekend and I didn't think much about it, but when we were on the other side of the state, it was kind of back to that consistent taking almost every one. And so it's, you know, I have all these theories, but I'm like, wait, is is my correcting it on this road? Because, you know, Tesla talked to us about how they do that, you know, kind of local mapping as you drive through. Is that kind of fixing these exact scenarios for me on this one exact road? I, I have no evidence, of course, that that's true, but it really seems that way. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if I'll if I'll start to see that. There, there's another thing too that I've experienced in the past and I'm curious to get your take on this. Have you had an experience where you would start with a, uh, like a version and then you would do interventions and then you won't see those interventions anymore in those areas? Have you had that happen to you mm -hmm. before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have a really specific example of a roundabout that was unmapped because it was new and the car just failed at it every time. And then uh, without an update, it started doing the roundabout correctly. And I was like, it's probably just a coincidence, but it did it, you know, several times in a row. And then we got an update and that roundabout was then on the map. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm like, okay, so something, you know, from my data did get sent back. Whereas another car, I got a loaner that didn't have beta, the exact same map version did not have the roundabout on the map. Whereas my huh. beta car with the same map version did have the roundabout on the map. So there's definitely something there. Do you, do you think it's strictly mapping data or do you think that there is some sort of like local learning that the car is doing it's, through software? What do you think? I don't, know, I, I don't know about local learning, but it's definitely a combination of all this stuff. Map data is super important. Yeah. Yeah. For, for all yeah. of this. Do, are you on the boat that you, you know, so I feel, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know, we've both seen this thing progress a lot, you know, since, since the first versions we had exposure to, especially if you compare it to like just basic autopilot and navigate on autopilot, right? It just leaps and bounds more capable and better. Um, I feel like there's still a chance for it to be like, say, uh, complete this year, maybe without uh, a parking, uh, parking lots, uh, you know, like version 12 that Elon sure. talks about. Where, where's your head at as far as completion goes, if we want to call it uh, that? You know, it's so hard to say because, you know, with a single update, everything can change, right? So uh, we can go from, 
I mean, my my intervent. I, I keep track of interventions and disengagements per mile on any drive that I record anyway. Yeah. And it's definitely going up. The 11.4 series is better for me than before and better than that. Um, but it's still like tens of miles, you know, between intervention and disengagement, which is definitely, of course, some of it is personal preference and some of it is for safety, which is much more rare, but it, it's still there sometimes. Um, so a single update can, can change it so much that now I'm doing drives, you know, with no interventions and no disengagements. With that said, how I feel right now, I think we're still far off because, you know, part of that is, is Elon has said this so many times that I'm kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I believe he believes that, uh, but it's this thing where he, you don't know what you don't know. And so they're like, oh, we're right on the cusp of whatever, you know, is going on in his head. And it's like, ah, dang it. That wasn't quite, it didn't quite have the impact we were hoping it would on the car's behavior. So I, I am much more, I mean, I'm a scientist like in my day job. Uh, so I'm much mm -hmm. more on the skeptical side of like anything until you like show me evidence. So as of right now with my personal experience, full self-driving my car, it still seems a ways off before I'm, you know, like texting or sleeping or something. Yeah. My non-scientific brain says that because everyone doesn't believe him, it will happen. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, that's, another way to look at it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i don't know it's definitely that there's no merit to it but yeah it's it's been really interesting now that um elon has sort of put himself in this it's not really a predicament but it's it's fascinating to see that you know uh, the majority of people now i would say where let's say back in 2018 2019 there was a m much more um reason to say really believe that it was right on the cusp and and put aside put aside the fact that i think we both agree that we believe that he believes it, right? It's not misleading. It's just optimistic, and like you know, it's understandable to be optimistic about that technology. But now that it feels like the majority of people are like, okay, buddy, like great, like that's awesome that you feel that, uh, yeah. but let's actually see it. You know, I feel like that is the the perfect recipe for that single update, like you said, to come out or or something similar to that that can come out and then essentially solve. Uh, almost all things that are out there. And I wonder how much of this dojo thing that they talked about. Did you see that graph they put on, on Twitter with like the exponential line for the dojo compute and all that stuff? I yep. wonder if that's really going to play into the um, the next 12 to 18 months development of the system. It has to, right? How do you think I, about that? Yeah, well, I believe so, definitely. And they even said... Uh, I mean, Elon has said, I always, I can never keep the number in my head, but he said they need about 2 billion miles or something. Is that what it was of full self-driving? Okay. Uh, to get to uh, whatever, you know, he, it, it's not like, oh, then it's level five. He says uh, 10 times safer than a human or, or whatever his quote is, but yeah, about 2 billion miles. And what are they at? 300 million ish right now. So if, if they continue rolling it out to new cars and racking up these miles, he said at, you know, investor day. It's going to look like a wall because they're going to get so many miles and you throw dojo on top of that so they can actually crunch through all that data then that's exactly what we're both talking about here is like update and oh hey this is like way better than it was you know a month or a week ago and i do actually see that a lot in my videos like if you watch my videos a lot you i, I kind of say the same thing often we're like hey this is better and smoother that's because it is like almost every time it's, it's getting better than it was. And then you kind of get used to it and then it gets better than that. So yeah, that, that graph, exactly. If they get their, you know, 2 billion miles in the next couple of years kind of almost lines up with, you know, this, their exaflops uh, prediction yeah. here. Yeah. It's exciting. 
It's yeah. uh, and I, I know Dave. Uh, I watched one of Dave's videos recently, and he kind of explained that this this number here is bananas because most most you know most computers are the most advanced com- companies that have this sort of um, compute power. It's mostly in the single digit. Yep, and right uh, Tesla is looking to, you know, 10x it, more than 10x the best capable computer or compute power system or whatever you want to call it in, in about a year and a half-ish. So it's crazy how exponential this thing's going. But again, uh, we got to wait and see. <laughs> we got to wait and see yeah, what and- to get some evidence. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not too picky about the timeline. I mean, if yeah. the, my my car can drive itself in 2023 or 2024 or 2025, it's not that big of a difference. Like that's <laughs> world changing, and there's no going back after that. So, yeah. What do you think about some of the? Um, you know, th- there's always a negative uh, connotation to self driving technology. I feel like ever since the 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 technology was even remotely close to fruition. You know, people were like, I don't want to give up control. I don't trust the thing. How, how do you feel about all that? Um, you know, people not trusting the system and even worse, just outright trying to, uh, let's say, derail it. Uh, and we'll talk about that. A certain individual that's uh, leading the charge on that. How, how are you thinking about that? Right. All, I mean, in my mind, all of that's pretty irrelevant because it's the story of technology since humans started making <laughs> new technology. You know, I mean, there was a time where they thought reading books was bad for your eyes and brain because I don't know, <laughs> whatever reason they had. So I, that means nothing to me. I dismiss all that because it, it's like useless. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Like it, it's not even worth thinking about in my opinion, because technology marches on as long as people, you know, that was one thing that Elon really like kind of changed in my head is as long as people are pushing technology marches on, you know, I always had that thought in my head of like, oh yeah, we'll get there with technology advances. And he's like, it doesn't just advance. Like you need people working on this. And it seems obvious when you say it that way. But when he said that it really changed my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Like you have to really push. But anyway, people continue to push. Technology gets better. It makes our lives better uh, and different. And sometimes, you know, in scary ways at first, but you know, overall it's, it's going to be a good thing. Um, one last thing I'll, I'll add to that is, you know, they used to have, um, the employment where you would go around in the morning and you'd knock on people's windows to wake them up because there's no electricity. There's no alarms. That's how you got up to go to work. Right. Well, then the alarm clock was invented and you don't need that job anymore. Like, I'm sure that was sad for a few people for a short amount of time, but like you don't hold back technology for, for, you know, people's jobs or, or things like that. How much do you think your science background has shaped that uh, way of thinking about technology in the world? Uh, probably a lot. So my background is, is in biology. So I'm not like an engineer or a a software guy, but the, you know, the mode of thinking is the same, um, where it's like, you need lots of evidence to back up any claim. You know, if I see my car do something correct, I don't go tweet like, Hey, it does it now. I I see it, you know, three, four times before I tweet it. Um, I had an exchange with Elon on where my car was. It kept taking this exit on the highway. Like there's an exit on each side. It's kind of weird. And for whatever reason, the car every single day would move off the highway with or without a turn signal, sometimes with, sometimes without. And I just tweeted it. I didn't, I don't know if I even tagged him and he was like, what, that's still happening, whatever. And then he was like, that should be fixed. And next up, what, you know, whatever the exchange was, I did it three days in a row before I said anything about it. And it is fixed now. Um, so now it doesn't, doesn't do that anymore. But, uh, yeah, that scientific thinking is I think pretty important to all of this. Yeah. And it seems like that type of uh, approach is also, it, it sounds like to me, 
key to why your channel is so successful because it's clear that's the approach you take for your videos as well. Would you say that's true? Maybe. I mean, that's at this point, it's just kind of ingrained in me. I've been doing it for so long, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would hope people would appreciate, uh, you know, me trying to be thorough in the things that I say, like I, I try not to, I've been wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Of course. Um, but I, I try not to put anything out there until I'm, you know, at least kind of sure that I think it's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the one thing that's always fascinating to me about the, the Tesla story is there's so many, there's so many things that are very ambitious in nature, but I feel like the approach to get those things done, like the sort of engineering approach, but also I, I would say a somewhat scientific approach as well to try and use as much data as possible to get something correct. You know, like I, I can speak to this from having been there is like, that's just ingrained in a lot of people and how they operate. It's very interesting seeing the company behave in that manner. And then you have a lot of, uh, on, on the flip side, there's people that criticize the company for seeming to be, you know, oh, they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wind and, you know, this is crazy. Why are they doing this? It's so dangerous or, or unscientific or whatever, whatever adjective you want to use or verb. And, um, it, but, but I feel like they're, it's the opposite because I don't know how you get this done without a way to collect data and to get the data and process the data and validate the data and then send an update and validate that it worked. And if it worked great and if it doesn't, you do it over, the flywheel keeps going over again. It's just fascinating to see that dynamic play out. I don't know if, I don't know if you have any comments on that, but I just, you know, it's a company that seems to be taking that approach as, as, as much as it can, but then it, get, it gets criticized on the, on the flip side. I don't know. I yeah, no, I, I totally, <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, the, Tesla does the things they do because they have data on, you know, to do that thing. And again, of course, yeah. they still sometimes will get things wrong. Um, like, I think one of the most glaring things for me was kind of the yoke. I think they, mm. now I love the yoke. We have it on our X, my, and, and, you know, people are like, oh, you're just a nerd and you're a fanboy. Okay. I, I mean, a little bit, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> My wife is not, you know, so much like a, you know, she's a little more critical than I am. She loves the yoke. And I actually kind of talked with her a little bit about getting an R1S and she, and she was like, yeah, it looks okay. Like I really like my model X. And I was like, well, I won't have the yoke or the capacitive buttons. And she goes, oh, nope, 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 nope. She's like, I love the wow. yoke. I love the capacitive buttons. And that's like a huge part of the car for her. But when you look at the overall response, of course, everybody freaked out, you know, initially. And that was something like, who cares? Disregard that. Once you use it, that's what really matters. And I think that was the time where they, it seems like they did get it wrong, right? Because now they have the, the steering wheel by default. You can get the yoke if you want, but it doesn't seem like a lot of people are actually, you know, upgrading to that, if you want to call it that. Uh, but for yep. the most part, yeah, they make all their decisions uh, based on data. I mean, and I'm glad to hear that confirmed from you, like from firsthand experience, but it, it seems um, like uh, pretty evident to me. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 def they definitely aspire to, let's just put it that way. Sometimes the uh, right. more than sometimes the data was crap. <laughs> so you have sure. to go back and redo it. Right. But yeah. at least it's a method. And yeah, like I, I don't want to insinuate whatsoever that they don't make, make, make mistakes. I mean, Tesla make, makes mistakes on the daily, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, more than, more than uh, a few mistakes, just company wide, but they get addressed, you know, because it's not, it doesn't sit there. I, th I feel like uh, a lot of other companies, the way they behave is that mistakes aren't really identified and addressed. They kind of just exist in the in the background and then you just kind of try to patch it. You know, you try to put right. Band-Aid on Band-Aid on Band-Aid. You're not really fixing it. 
Whereas I feel like Tesla approaches it much more from the, okay, it's going to suck and it's painful, but you have to, we have to fix it, right? We have to sit down and actually fix the root that's causing this. So um, yeah, it's, it's just fascinating dynamic. Let me, let me ask you uh, on what's been going on lately with uh, full self-driving, some of the drama that's, uh, I don't know if a, a lot of people are caught up with it, but I want to definitely play a little bit of what's happened uh, a space this morning from Twitter, but I'm assuming you're uh, aware of the Dan O'Dowd, Russ Gerber uh, drive along that they did not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, in the definitely. chat, let us know if you're also uh, aware of it. So, what was uh, what was your initial reaction from that? Um, you know, full self driving make mis- makes mistakes. Anybody who uses it wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, my biggest thing is I just honestly I would have hit the brake earlier. I mean, he Ross waited a long time to hit the brake, and I I get that he was kind of trying to show the system off and be like, oh look, it does all these things. But if he would have hit the brake just a couple of seconds earlier, there would have been no clip to show, and that's exactly how beta is supposed to be used. And I I say this all the time, like yes, it makes mistakes, you know, whatever it can do that, but the way Tesla has implemented this system, it's extremely safe because of that human driver. And he even said right in the beginning of the clip when they had the interaction with the garbage truck, he's like, yeah, normally I would just drive around it. I was like, then just drive around it. Don't, this is not the time to be pushing it when, you know, you're, you're live streaming or whatever, if that's what you want to do. But I, I would definitely would have hit the, the brake way earlier than he did. That's all, that was kind yeah. of my reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, from my standpoint, it, it did seem like the, um, listen, it, it, it was clearly, it clearly broke late. I wouldn't say that it was necessarily a safety risk because it did stop. I think I think Ross's reaction to to hit the brake did put the car in a, in a strange situation. But from from the best of my knowledge, that intersection hasn't really had uh, any any accidents that I know of that's related to full self driving. I could be wrong there, but I, I have heard of zero. So um, it definitely it looked uncomfortable on camera, and uh, it it definitely it made for some good ammunition let's say for the flip side but i think in the end there was no crash the driver reacted to the system the way that they should have because the driver is always responsible and it's uh it's very very clearly labeled beta and i think the positive from this is that now there is data out there where you know tesla could make it better lo and behold and i think that's the whole point of it right yeah i actually again i think he reacted too late like if you maybe people disagree with me but if you watch it back and and the whole, yeah, sure. Yeah. Play the whole drive. You can tell he's, he's letting the system do its thing, which is what I do when I make a video. Cause people don't want to see me drive. They want to see what the system can do. And I'm there to take over if I need to. But in that instance, it was clear to me that it was not going to stop in time. And I, I can tell you why, if you know, we can talk about it later, but, um, he just hit the brake too late. You know, if he would have hit the brake earlier, I'd been like, Oh, the car wasn't going to stop there, but there wouldn't have been this dramatic, like, Oh, it stopped too late. And then there's the other car that, you know, they almost hit and all the honking and all that. So it made a great clip for Dan and he only needs the one, you know, you can ignore the rest of the, the, I don't know if I'd say perfect, but you can ignore the rest of the hour of safe driving. (laughs) You just get that one clip shown to people. For sure. Let me go ahead and share my screen here, and then uh, the audio should also play. Sure, I'll mute myself um, just in case. No problem. Uh, I'm gonna play it right from the where the truck was, so to highlight what you were talking about as well. And then I also want to play uh, a portion of the space this morning where um, Alex uh, Ross was explaining sort of the methodology behind this test, and then Alexandra Mertz was asking him. 
Well, I'll I'll let you listen to it. There was a lot going on. So let me go ahead and play this, this clip in question, and then we can commentate on it, and then we'll go back to the space and play that. Here you go. Now, in real life, I would not wait for this. All right. I disengaged. Yeah. Yeah, see, I would have just gone by him a lot faster than that. It hesitated, then it decided to go by it, and then it was like, no. But, um... Oh. There we go. That was you breaking? I braked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to wait. All right. Okay, the point of the drive was to show that full self-driving beta is safe. The point was not to show it can drive A to B 100% of the time. So again, like I said with the garbage truck, he's like, oh, normally, then do that. Like he shouldn't have even waited that long. And look what happened. He took over and nobody cared. No one cares about that part of the video because he simply went boop and took over and turned it back on. Nobody cares. What Dan is trying to show is that it's dangerous and clearly it's not. Tesla has the data. Anyone who uses it knows it's so easy. I made a video when Dan started doing his stuff like there's, because he said like cause for concern or something. I was like, there's no cause for concern. You literally just take the wheel. It's not that hard. So yeah, I get a little crazy when people are so like, oh my gosh, it's dangerous because it's clearly not if you use it the right way. And and Ross should have had that on his mind. I'll say it one more time. The point of going with Dan was not to show the car can do all this cool stuff, even though it can. The point was to show the way the system is put onto the roads today is safe. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. I think the the one crit the one really my main criticism with Dan, you know, I, I I'm not gonna question his uh morality or him as a human being. I'm sure he's an excellent uh father, husband, whatever. Um but I, I, my my main issue is that if there was really concern about safety, why aren't we focused on the primary things that cause death on the road, like alcohol, cell phones, right? Uh, regular cruise control. Regular cruise control wouldn't have stopped for that stop sign. Right. And it requires the same level of attention that, than a driver on full self-driving FSD beta, right? So that's that's really my, It's it just seems like a very uh, interesting um, approach and and uh, I don't know. It just smells fishy to me. But I'm not gonna pass, you know, judgment. But it does feel weird. But I don't know. That's my take on it. Um, should we uh, play the Ross's comments on that video? And then, sure. Uh, yeah. Get I reaction? Yeah. I haven't heard the whole thing. I heard okay. part of this. So. So this is from um, a Twitter space from this morning. Uh, Wolf hosted this space. Oh, hold on. Let me make sure I did this. I don't have producer wife today because she is busy with family and God save me. <laughs> so here we go. All right. So this is a space from Wolf uh, uh, on Twitter. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter if you haven't already. He hosts Grace Spaces at Wolf underscore financial. This is a space from this morning. Wolf is, ta- is going to be sort of bringing up a topic of, hey, Ross, what do you want to talk about? And then Ross starts talking about this video that we just watched together. And then Alexander Merce jumps in for some commentary. It's about five minutes or so long. So if you haven't watched this yet, uh, stick with us. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I hope you have popcorn. Here we go. You on as well. Well, one of the things I think that many people, and, and I, I had this experience with Dan as well, is that they don't understand full self-driving, even Dan. 
And I have this with Chanos. I have this, I have this with Gordon, which we all know he doesn't understand. But what it is, is these people who are super critical or difficult about the technology actually don't know much about it. And even though Dan has a car and he like tests it and all this kind of stuff, it's like he hired somebody to test it. Like Dan himself actually doesn't drive. I think he actually doesn't drive. So like somebody drives him around in his Tesla and, and, and I, and I think he doesn't drive because he can't drive. So I was literally like, this will like help you, Dan. Like you literally have to pay somebody to drive you around and this car will drive you around. And, and we drove to his workplace in, on full self-driving hundred percent the whole way. And I was like, see, Dan, like you could drive to work every day and home on full self-driving without somebody having to drive you. And so when you look at AI, 95% of AI discussion is around chat and BARD and then Tesla. But chat and BARD, which I love actually, are really early like AI tools. And Tesla autonomy is really advanced AI tools. It's just like a whole nother level. This new version, 11.4.4, is the most intuitive and human version of the driving I have yet to see in full self-driving. And because I use it every day, you know, I have a different experience, like, than I think people who don't have any idea about it. And, and I think we're on the cusp of one of the greatest revolutions in technology since the internet. That's, that's what I think. And, and Tesla is the leader here. So we can look at the price action of the stock. I think the stock's worth 250 if you do like 50 times next year's earnings, which is a very generous valuation in the in a very difficult stock market with very high interest rates. I think, you know, expecting huge gains from here might be a little premature, but I think that's short term. I think when you think about where Tesla's going to be over the next five years, it's hard to predict how much it can grow because of its dominance and several industries. And, and that's why I'm sort of against price targets. And, you know, Kathy comes out and says, oh, I think it's worth, you know, two grand, or I don't know what it's worth, but it's worth more than what it's worth today, in my opinion. And, and I think over time, you know, I was watching Omar's videos of Cruise and Waymo, which I haven't tried these cars. And I was actually like, impressed with Cruise and Waymo relative to where I thought they would be. But, you know, one of our employees' parents are firefighters in San Francisco, and they had an altercation with a cruise on the way to an emergency. And one of the issues that Tesla needs to address as well as Cruise and Waymo is emergency vehicles. And it's ironic that of all the things Dan attacked, he didn't attack the one thing that I think is a legitimate concern, which is seeing emergency vehicles correctly and reacting correctly to them when there's an emergency. And that's something Cruise and Waymo haven't mastered, either has Tesla. And that's, I think, a critically important advancement. But when you look at Cruise and Waymo, they've come a long way, but I feel like their whole autonomy is geofenced, like learning from the Google method of like, we just know everything. So it's almost like on a track where Tesla's cars actually drive and learn. So I just think they're different levels of autonomy. And Tesla's version of autonomy, in my mind, is the right way, even though it's harder and it's longer and it needs way more data, it's learning how to drive. And 
you know, the sky's the limit with this kind of technology because I think driving is an incredibly difficult task. So I think for Tesla investors, this is a really good time, uh, although it kind of sucks because the valuation is now where it should be, you know, versus when it was like at 150 and there was kind of upside there. Um, but just the same, I think, you know, I don't care about Tesla stock that much because I'm not like like changing my position on Tesla anytime in the short term. So let me pause it there for a second, because there is more. And uh, I just want to get your reaction. I want to make sure that Ross, I played the sort of the first, you know, four or five minutes or so, I guess it's a little bit longer than five minutes, apologies. But I think the next part is really the the thing that gets uh, gets it's going to get going. Um, your reaction so far, actually, before we even do that, let me do this $42 super chat from the quest. Thank you so much. Dirty Tesla. Love the content, sir. Keep it up. Drinks on me. Uh, Chris, if you're ever in the region or when I come to you, I'm going to buy you a bunch of beers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Cyber rodeo uh, yeah. or a cyber truck delivery event. I'll be there. Let's do it. And also, Tom, thank you for joining the channel. Your reaction so far, and then I'll continue playing it. Do you have anything you'd like to mention? No, that's fine. I mean, I agree with well, I agree with some of what he said and not not all of it, but yeah, that's pretty level-headed. Okay, and let me go ahead and uh, play the rest. <clears throat> Ross, if I may just uh, say two things. First of all, at 150, you were on tape saying you thought then the valuation was correct. So that's, no, that's uh, not true. I, I should also say language warning. If you have kids, uh, just giving you a heads up, you may want to uh, cover their ears or, yeah, anyway. Tesla oh, I sent that train. to you at 50 times its earnings which currently yeah. would be like more like 175 180 but well, I no have... no no it was 150 but i send it to you it doesn't matter and the other thing while, while we're sending i think you can send me some flowers because i've been digging this shit up for the last two days because we, you put us there and i really think you own everybody little apology that you were so stubborn going there on last thursday no 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 i think that you're acting very very short-sighted you don't understand what I have, okay? So you can say what you want to say, but you're just being a little, like, whiny girl, okay? Th like, I got the biggest Tesla critic in the world on tape for an hour on full self-driving on a perfect drive. You haven't seen what I have yet. Not to mention well, there were several out, conversations. Put it out. We have, we have put video out within five hours of taking them. You have been sitting on them since last Thursday. Everybody is having a uh, cramp because of your crap. I have a team. No, 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 no. no. And don't you try – wait, wait, wait. And don't you try, uh, treat me as little girl. I mean, I'm everything but not little girl. I'm 57. I wish I was a little girl. But the one <laughs> thing that I just want to make sure you understand, the one thing I want to make sure you understand – for three months, everybody told you there is no point engaging this guy. This guy doesn't want to learn. This guy doesn't want to be shown anything. This guy was smirking sitting next to you because he knew very well he was getting you into a trap. So, the, the I mean, you think you're smarter than him? Put that video out. Don't wait another week. You don't need lawyers. You don't need anything. Just put that damn video out if you think you're sitting on something. Alexandra, Alexandra, I don't think I'm smarter or not. I believe in the technology, okay? I very much believe in the technology to a point that I'm willing to go to the greatest critic of this technology. The person who's spending tens of millions of dollars to hurt our company, to hurt technology, to hurt Tesla, okay? My goal was very simple, okay? And he was taking just as big a risk as I was taking. Now, it just turned out that the car had a perfect day. Now, I have a three-person team 
working on an incredible video that will be as good of an ad for full self-driving that you've ever seen, okay? But I am not going to rush out garbage to counter some guy who panicked and put out some normal interaction that you guys got hysterical about. You're the one acting hysterical because it was a nothing incident. It was totally nothing. And when I put out this stuff this week, it will be extremely high quality so that it will be most effective and get the most views. So I'm not going to rush anything just because you're uncomfortable, uh, you know, for two days while I do what I need to do. Let me okay, do what I need still, to do. What would, be nice, what would be nice is this community giving me a little benefit of the fucking doubt. That's all I'm asking. Give me a little fucking benefit of the doubt instead of all, all you people running around acting like I'm some fucking idiot. Well, somehow I've made hundreds of millions of dollars in Tesla. So just give me a little credit. I took on Chanos. I've taken on all of them. Okay. And I will beat them all. And Dan, I've got down on his knees and begging. Okay. So just give me a damn second. That's all. Okay, I let's do the following. Let's do the following. You do your video. If you get more views than then or doubt God with his what you call fucking video, then I'm gonna get a million views, and you guys are gonna help me. We're gonna get a million views on this video, and you guys are gonna help me. How many views do you think he got on his video, Russ? I don't know. But if you pay well, for views, you know they're me, fake, me, and you know nobody cares what Dan O'Dowd says. Let me let me step in for a you second. You go and talk to him if nobody cares. I I I definitely want to focus on Tesla, but I feel like we're getting a little too much damage. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, so, my goodness. I wish I was in yeah. there. That would have been fun. <laughs> I'd so, have been right yeah, up there. Uh, what, uh, what instant reaction? Uh, what's going through your mind? So he he's missing the point. It doesn't matter if you get 20 hours of good driving. You only need the one mistake by Dan to broadcast to go look how unsafe it is because everybody know it, it it sounds like he's he was trying to prove to dan that the car is self-driving already like look dan this car can this car can drive you to work blah blah every day but no it can't <laughs> like what the heck are you talking about um so he he missed the mark i don't know what his goal was um i don't think it was a big deal for him to go there i think that's fine but again i'm, I'm sticking to the one incident that dan how many views does his video have? I know his tweet is over 10 million, but I think the video is like 2 million views or something. Something like that. Maybe yeah. 2.5 million at this point. So, yeah. and, you know, and Ross is like, I'm going to get a million. And he doesn't even know how many views Dan's has. Like, so <laughs> he, he missed the point. That's, that's really all I can say about the whole situation. The point was not to show that the car is amazing at self-driving. Even if it is, even if it is, that wasn't the point. Dan is trying to say, it's not safe and should be taken off the road. And anyone that's used it or analyzed even just the videos, if they can trust all the videos they've seen, because there could be tampering, knows that it's not true. It is not unsafe and it does not need to be removed from the roads. Do you really think NHTSA would leave this on the road? There's already been two recalls. Do you really think if it was that dangerous? I mean, I feel like I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber here because I'm with you and you agree with me and probably most people watching agree with me. But Not very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's not, this is not a peer-reviewed uh, live stream here. But, but um, the point was to show it's safe to be on the roads. And all he had to do was break two seconds earlier, because when you watch the video, it is obvious the Tesla was not braking in time. And I believe, I could be wrong, there's no way to know because it didn't happen. If he didn't brake, he would have T-boned that white car. 
That is what I believe. There could have been some emergency braking right at the end, so it would have been a really light um, hit. But from what I saw in the video, from my experience with Beta, I think that would have happened. And he should have hit the brake three seconds earlier, and we wouldn't even be talking about any of this. <laughs> what yeah. he can't he can't put out a video. I don't care what footage he has, unless the Tesla like rescues a kitten from a burning building. There's no footage of it driving around doing a good job that's going to convince anyone anything because I have several videos myself where the car did an amazing job and they don't get a million views. People don't care when it does a good job. They care when it screws up. Right. Yeah. I, th I think, uh, by the way, thank you so much for sharing those thoughts. I, I, I think I agree with basically everything you said. I think that the key thing that the, the, the context of on which this was done in, I, I find it hard to believe that, uh, it would somehow something like this wouldn't be made into like he said it like be made into a big deal when the person you've invited you've basically given him all the tools and ammunition that he needs to continue running whatever campaign he has towards uh you know towards whatever mission he's on so i think i think right. that expectation is is strange uh from from my estimation it just seems like um perhaps ross wanted to do something that really want he you know all of us experience FSD beta that, that have it and a huge percentage of the time on the road uh, especially when the driver is supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing which is monitoring the system and making sure it's it's doing so safely it's uh for me at least it feels much safer than say the average human for me it, it is as, well, no, it's, that, that's yeah. not and just you data, right yeah that's the data from tesla shows that beta Again, the way it's implemented today is safer than the average driver. It is. So, yeah. you know, the people that are trying to prove it's dangerous are just silly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just, they're wrong. It is It is quite strange. But uh, real quick, I do want to show this, though, because it did get really heated in the uh, conversation. Uh, Ross did end up sending some flowers uh, to Alexandra. Much love for you and the Tesla community, uh, Gerber Kawasaki and Ross. So, you know, it did get heated, but it does, you know, I think they're trying to make it up and it's completely understandable that there's, um, you know, a little bit of uh, passion behind it. My dogs appear also very excited about what's going on with full self-driving beta. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's been such a strange sort of few days. I'm so sorry. These dogs are crazy. I don't think anybody cares. Uh, <laughs> dogs are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Dogs are cool. Do you have any dogs? Yeah, I have two whippets. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I have a little Chihuahua Terrier and a Super Mutt. She's like nine breeds. Uh, All right, cool. <laughs> let me ask you a question and shut the mic because these guys are going crazy. Sure. Um, what? Uh, and I, what the hell was the question I was going to ask? <laughs> these dogs are driving me nuts. Um, oh my god, I, I totally blanked. Okay, okay, they got quiet. Sorry. Perfect. Okay, no, no we're problem. good now. We're back, everybody. Um, what do you think? So, do you think? Okay, I got it back. Do you think this is going to remain in the? like in the zeitgeist for a little while do you think this is going to blow over um because i mean in our echo chamber i guess this tesla echo chamber i think all of us are aware of this video right but do you think this is a long-term impact negative impact on the brand or do you think this is a nothing burger and we just move on how do you think about this no it's not definitely a nothing burger i mean it'll you know we'll talk about it like we are for a few more days or something and nothing happened i mean he did hit the brake he did um, so it's not, you know, if there was an, actually an accident, then that would have been a big deal, I think. Um, but the clip we have is like, who cares? I mean, people probably experience that all the time. I mean, again, nobody's going to wait. He, 
I, I can't stop saying the same thing because like that's the most important part. He was trying to show the car can do everything. Nobody drives like that. And he said it himself in the beginning of that clip. He he takes over much earlier, which is what you're supposed to do. So um, no, I don't think, no, I, I think this is really nothing. And Dan had his, his moment and his 10 million views and like, whatever. Yeah. And then we move on. I think, I think what's interesting is I was at a, when I went to my barber a couple of times ago, um, it was right after, what was it? it? Must've been three times ago now. Uh, it was after the Super Bowl, and it was after that ad was run during the Super Bowl about, you know, how, oh, look at how bad FSG is specifically. And then once people, like the first question I got asked at the barbershop was, oh, man, is that the car that might hit somebody? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? He's like, yeah, it's the Super Bowl ad. I'm like, okay, let, let me sit you down and sort of like walk you through what's really going on. Um, so I, I do feel like there is a some impact to to some percentage of the population that will connect Tesla to that. But I, I do wonder if it's sort of, you know, if it was really material, wouldn't be wouldn't we be seeing this in the trajectory of the company? You know, would the Model Y really be the best selling car in the world? Would uh, Tesla be able to your like the point you made around Nitsa wouldn't even be cl remotely close to allowing this to operate on the roads if it truly if it truly was a something that was worse on the road than a human, right? Right. Um, I just think it, I think this dial, it's almost like a dialogue opener where we can sit down and actually talk about the implications of a self-driving technology long-term and what it means to have a safe system on the road. Cause people might forget that humans aren't very good at driving. I mean, we, we really, really aren't 40,000 people die every single year. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people on the road, especially around Texas where I'm like, this dude's totally drunk. He shouldn't be on the road. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure that's the same sort of context that you think this equation through, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the scheme of things, this is just not that big of a deal. No, people, you know, people will have a knee jerk reaction to it. And, and like, you'll get those conversations. I've had them myself, even like I've had my mom text me and be like, whoa, like, okay, the submarine thing that everybody went crazy about. She sent me the, mm -hmm. one of the articles that was like, oh, Starlink was on the submarine, which like, you know, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, was not, so it makes no sense. You know, I responded to her. I was like, oh, that you can't use, you can't actually use Starlink. You know, the, the title was like Elon Musk's Starlink was on the submarine, whatever. And I responded, I was like, oh, you can't use Starlink underwater. It doesn't work that way. And she goes, what's Starlink? Okay. She didn't even know. <laughs> she just saw the headline. This is how people react. They don't know. Clickbait, they don't have, baby. Exactly. That's what it is. Just clickbait. They don't really process this. They go, whoa, the, the self-driving car almost crashed. People have a knee-jerk reaction. It doesn't usually lead to anything. And if it does, once they start, like if they actually get a passion for that, for whatever reason, once they start digging, then they hopefully will find the truth or a lot more of the truth, right? Or at least a lot more information to pile onto that knee jerk reaction. And then, you know, they'll come across, well, what the heck? This thing isn't crashing. What are you, know, what are you talking about? So, um, I, you know, the knee jerk reaction is there. I don't think it usually amounts to anything unless their knee jerk, their knee jerk reaction is to the truth, right? So if you kind of like clickbait with the truth, get people interested, and then they kind of dig into it and find, whoa, that person is right. Um, then that's when you can kind of over time have a bigger change to, you know, something like this, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you there. Um, let me ask you one last question, and then we'll do a little bit of Q&A with, uh, with the comment section. How's that sound? Mm -hmm. You okay on time? Right. I'm great on yeah. time. I, I am boring. I don't do much, so <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's... Um, 
So in the question, in the comments uh, below or to the side, I don't even know where YouTube puts it, depending on the platform you're on. If you want to ask a question, make sure you write question in all caps before your question. So it's easier for me to tag it. Uh, our mods are super good at sort of listening to directions as well in case you uh, you need better directions there. But uh, let me ask you this question and then we'll do Q&A. How, so how closely do you track the, the stock and um, where do you think uh, Tesla is going to end up at the end of the year from a unit's perspective. Is that something you track pretty closely? Not in um, a, uh, a sophisticated fashion. I I love I love the stock market, and I've been trading stocks for well over ten, uh, probably close to ten years at this point. Um, mm -hmm. But my uh, I'm very crude in what I do. It's never a professional thing. <laughs> um, but I, I do track Tesla stock. I think right now the price is is fine. I don't think it's super high. I think we could go much higher than this. Uh, I also don't think it's cheap, but you know, then you look in six months, ask me again. And I'm like, I was so stupid not to put my entire net worth in at 250. You know what I mean? Um, but I think like if Tesla achieves a lot of the things that they want to, I mean, the sky's the limit, but personally, not that I think this matters that much, but I look at like a uh, market cap of companies. That's kind of my favorite metric to start with. And Tesla's market cap is is pretty high. It's not a trillion anymore, but it's close. So when you look like realistically in the next five years, like, do you think they can 10x? Probably not. That doesn't seem very realistic. Things could change. Maybe, maybe, right? Could they 5x again? That's that's a lot. It's possible, but pretty unlikely. So, um, you know, I kind of look at it from that perspective. But, uh, you know, if they also make... <laughs> fully autonomous robots that can do literally any job then okay they're gonna be worth like 100 trillion or something you know <laughs> all bets are off at that point crazy right? yeah, crazy yeah. stuff yeah awesome all right let's do a little bit of q a i, I do want to thank chris again for making the time to come on and i want to thank everybody watching thank you all so much we were having a fun discussion about tesla fsd uh, some of the recent drama, but also some uh, some stuff that's happening around the company. Let me go ahead and uh, pull up the first question. We already have a few, which is awesome. Our community is so awesome. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We'll start with Jay Lizard, longtime listener of the show. A question, where does Sandy Monroe stand on his, on this FSD situation? Why isn't he a central figure in all of this? Um, have you seen anything come out of that team regarding to this? Uh, yeah, so Sandy is not that far from me. They're only about 40 minutes away from me or so. Um, actually, I'm going there this week. Um, and I've talked to him about it nice. before. I think this just like in the nicest way possible, I think this just isn't one of their strengths, um, especially the software side. And last I heard they're working on getting somebody that is a little more knowledgeable in all of this ADAS type of stuff. Um, again, especially from software, uh, last I heard, you know, I've taken him on one FSD beta drive. I think it was a while ago. And, you know, he was talking about FLIR cameras and how that would be really important. And then he was also talking about how he believed, um, not that there's anything wrong with this. It was just his opinion at the time. Uh, one thing that would help Tesla a lot is to have like cameras in the intersection that the cars could basically connect to the camera. It actually sounds like kind of a cool idea could connect to the camera in the intersection and have a better view of what's going on oh. everywhere. Right. Um, which, you know, to like Elon or Tesla, I was like, that makes no sense. We would that, that no, we're not doing that. Uh, cause then what, when, what do you do when you get to an intersection without that blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, from my understanding, it's just not really one of their strong suits. Um, but they are working on that. So, you know, they're more on cool. the engineering vehicle side. Yeah. Are you doing a, uh, you're doing a, uh, a video with them, uh, next week? Um, yeah, I don't know if, like I'm with them exactly, but they're going to let me, uh, I mean, you know, 
things could change, but they're going to let me take their lightning out and um, I'm going to check out oh, Blue sick. Cruise. Yeah. And I'm going to try Blue Cruise and yeah, yeah. Compare that to, I'm excited because people seem to like Dude. it a lot. Um, so that's what I'll be doing with them. Yeah. That's awesome. But I think okay. they're just going to like, yeah, I think they're just going to give me the truck. This is like exclusive. I haven't told anybody this. <laughs> I think they're oh just going to give me the truck and I'm going to go Breaking you know, news. <laughs> drive it around. So we'll, we'll see how it does. That's awesome. I wish I had like a breaking news banner or something, but uh, <laughs> when I don't have my producer, all bets are off here. Uh, let's uh, pull up here. Uh, hey, 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 $10 Canadian Super Chat. Thank you so much. Uh, match two will be Mama versus Ross in the hexagon. This could be the, actually, this could be the uh, the the um, the prelim or whatever, the undercard to Elon versus Zuck. That would be a nice uh, little fight there. All right, let's do the next question. Uh, question, Chris, I asked you before in channel comments, can you please make some videos about Tesla's voice recognition software? Can you find us some useful commands? Um, sure. So this, this, uh, I'll comment on this for a second. I don't want to take too long. Uh, but sure. it goes back to what we talked about earlier in like making content. So number one, I personally don't use the voice commands all that often. I don't know if there's just the old man in me that's like not using the latest thing. Um, but number two, I just, personally don't feel like it would be the most popular video. Although I like the idea of it because my channel started off as kind of like this educational, like, Hey, here's how your Tesla works. Here's what to expect, blah, blah, blah. Um, so from that perspective, I mean, I like the idea, but you just got to understand like work full time, the two kids, and then trying to do this stuff on the side. I don't have as much time these days as I used to, to just like sit down and create content like that. I love the idea. And it's in my, I have not seen your comment. Um, so thank you for asking here. I will keep it in my brain. And if I can wrangle that together for you, I will do it and I'll try to make it entertaining. So it's not just like, you can say open butthole and the charger opens. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to uh, make that entertaining if I can get to it. You'd be like one of those like AI generated voices. Uh, <laughs> click here for this. Command. Yeah. Just, you know, just like do, that TikTok text voice? to speech, just do text oh. to speech and throw it up there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can, I can sort of like also add on to what Chris is saying too, is like the, 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 the content it, it's the complexity of doing this is a lot more complex than it seems. Cause you would think, you know, it's, you think get in front of the camera, you have what you want to talk about. You, you do that stuff. That's definitely great. But then there's this whole thing, this whole beast that exists in the ether that is like, well, you just put in 40 hours into doing this. But if you don't do these three things perfectly, ain't nobody going to see it. And then you're like, wow, I'm such a loser. <laughs> so yeah. It's, it's tough. It's Maybe tough. You feel but, bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but thank you. Thank you for uh, considering that. And thank you, Matt, for your question. That is awesome. Uh, let's do this question here from Alex. Uh, how close are we to a free month FSD trial later this year or sometime in 2024? Where's your head at with this? Uh, yeah, I actually think we're getting kind of close to that. Again, if you're using beta, you're like, what the heck? It makes mistakes all the time. And I agree with that. But the types of mistakes, in my opinion, are it's hard because I'm so used to beta, but, um, the types of mistakes it, there's like, for me, like no phantom breaking anymore. It is so rare. Thank God. Cause in the early Same. version tens, it was like nonstop all the time. Just like these little breaks, um, turns feel really good. It's again, like what beta can do it does well when it does it well, if that makes sense. It still makes mistakes. Yeah. But when it's driving well, it's like, damn, this thing feels like a person. <laughs> so I actually think we are pretty close to this. Maybe it'll be like part of the holiday update or something. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. The, the 
the humanness of it, you know, Ross made this comment on the space that it, it feels it's the most human it's ever felt. And I a hundred percent agree there. The, the behavior, the comfort, it just, uh, it, for the majority of the time, let's say significantly more than 50%, it feels like a high quality, very, uh, mindful driver that's trying its best to be smooth. But then sometimes it's like, why is there a five-year-old behind the wheel? You know, it's like, yep, I agree. <laughs> it's like that. It's like eruption. You know, it's, it's weird. Um, cool. Let's do this comment from Ethan. Thank you so much for supporting the channel, brother. Uh, does the system work as well where Chris lives as we see Omar showing NSF? How often do you see his videos and can you do a quick comparison? Yeah, so it's definitely not as good as Omar's. He seems to have like perfect drives very often um, or next to perfect drives. But I did say to him the other day, like I, I felt like you lately because I've had so many good drives. And, you know, it's funny because I have these couple bugs that I talk about where it always wants to drift into the, the opening lanes or like we have these. I didn't realize this was weird, but in Michigan, if you have a two lane road, like each go in one direction, if there's a place to turn left, like into a neighborhood or something, this little shoulder opens up with these dashed lines for you to pass that person that's turning left. I didn't realize that was unique, but a lot of people are seeing it like, what the heck is that thing? Beta screw mm -hmm. that up all the time too. It, it wants to drive there, but it's not a, a place you drive unless somebody's in your way. Um, so outside of those bugs I'm experiencing, my drives are often very good, very good um, with you know the occasional hiccup here or there. So not as good as, as Omar, no, but uh, I have some good drives. Awesome. Uh, let's do this uh, next one here. Uh, <laughs> this one might be controversial. Feel free not to answer, but it's from Not Legal Advice. He's a very close uh, 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 buddy of mine now, I guess. He comes on our forums often, Richard. Uh, do you agree it is more than uh, more that Ross Gerber is not trustworthy to not act on his enhanced ego? That is the greater question. Um, <laughs> You don't have to answer this if you don't. Do like you it. agree yeah. it is more than Ross Gerber is not? He's not like basically has a big ego, so we shouldn't trust him. I guess that's where he's getting. Okay, at. Um, yeah. I, I don't know the guy, <laughs> so I mean that'd be super yeah. rude of me to say. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, he's been very successful with Tesla stock and stuff. Um, you know, I think he had good intentions, but I think he just went about it the wrong way. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I agree with you there. Uh, thank you, Richard. Shout out, Richard. Not legal advice. Check out his channel. Great content. Uh, Adam Martinez, question. How is Summon and other features of FSD these days? Haven't seen a video of this in a while. For me, Summon is unusable. How about for you? Um, I will use it occasionally in the rain. Recently, uh -oh. just so slow. You still there, Chris? I think you're, uh, you're going through some laggy stuff there. Hello? Hello? I, I oh, hear you and see you. Okay. I, okay, I hear and see you. All right. Okay. I'm on Starlink, everybody. Um, okay. okay, so summon, <laughs> summon for me. Go uh, get yours I, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, it's it's pretty good. We've been going for over an hour. Um, <laughs> summon for me uh, is is not unusable. I would not call it that. I use it occasionally okay. in the rain if it's raining, um, and it will get to me. It's just so slow that it's like not all that useful. Um, and again, it goes back to you haven't seen a video of it in a while because like if i make a summon video like nobody cares <laughs> it's it's hard because like there are videos like that i want to watch when i'm not like a full-time youtuber or i don't have the time to like have flops that oh sorry um i don't have time to kind of have flops that often i really have to kind of pick and choose what i'm going to spend my time on um so i i like it i still think it's cool but um yeah i don't use it very often awesome uh 
Let's do a, a couple more here, and then we'll let Chris uh, get on with his evening. Let's do this. Uh, Crunch the Grace Hopper. Thank you so much for the twenty dollars super chat, man. Y'all are being very generous today. Chris is going to be drinking a lot, y'all. My goodness, the beer fund is getting large. Uh, question: Does it seem that the FSD team applies one maximize separation and two minimize closing speeds as overarching safety comfort navigation first principles? I'm not seeing it. How do you think about that uh, equation? Man, that's a complex question. Uh, so the teams, the 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 team's main goal is that the car doesn't crash. So when we see things that we think are dumb or weird or annoying, they're probably not priorities. The priority is don't crash. That's like number one goal, which makes sense. But it can sometimes leave other things on the back burner for long amounts of time that you're like, what the heck, this should be simple. So maximize separation, you're talking about like when you change lanes and getting close to somebody, I, I'm assuming is what you mean by that. So I, no, it, it definitely doesn't seem to be a priority. Um, but it does seem to be something that the car considers. And I mean, it's anecdotal evidence because I'm talking from my experience and I don't have exact clips to show you. Although I, these things I have shown in videos, um, but I don't have them like, you know, ready to, ready to go. Um, when making a lane change, uh, well, let's start with making a turn. When you make a turn, like a right turn onto a road, if nobody's there, the acceleration is way more gradual, again, in my experience, than if someone's coming up on you. The car will kind of kick it into high gear. And I've actually had it one time where someone, uh, I didn't really like the turn. I thought we we cut them off just a little bit. They didn't honk at me or anything. Um, but the car turned and it took off like harder than I've ever felt. And I, you know, I was like, it's gotta be because there's somebody so close behind me. It has to be because I never have experienced that before. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, I'll, I'll go into lane changes, lane changes with that. When you, especially highway, highway lane changes, oh my gosh, are so amazing right now. When you yeah. make a lane change, if there's a small gap, the car will take it. And sometimes the gap is a little too small to be like, you know, if traffic remains as it is, it's safe. But if the person in front of you is going to slam on their brakes, you may not have enough time to stop, even if you're like a supercomputer doing it quickly. So it will have a close gap there, but I've noticed that it always seems to open it back up for the most part. Um, so I think it's in there. Maybe it's not perfect yet. Uh, but yeah, in my opinion, I mean, I think those things are are definitely implemented. I hope I answered that the way you were hoping. Yeah, I think that was a phenomenal answer. I, I I tend to agree with you. I think it's definitely part of the equation. It it like depends where and how it's applied. Maybe it's like a default mode, maybe where this kicks in. But there are situations on the road where this, like, if you do this, like for example, if you do this in 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 New York, you'll you'll just be at a standstill. You're not going anywhere in New York City, right? right? So I think it's dependent on on what the situation is. But that's that's a great question, Crunch. Thank you so much for sending that over. A couple more quick ones and then a fun one here, Chris, and then we'll let you go, my friend. Sure, uh, sure. Another Chris, uh, do you think more cameras are needed? I I do, honestly. Well, it's such a hard, hard question to answer. I think we would greatly benefit from some bumper cameras. So one of my main complaints I will give that I don't think is easily solvable with the setup we have right now, and I could be wrong, is high-speed cross-traffic. And when you're in a downtown scenario like, like Cruise or Waymo, those things are not that important because cross traffic is is not very high speed. It doesn't matter. If a car's coming at you with 30 miles per hour, the Tesla has plenty of, of, of range in its view to kind of calculate that correctly. When you have cross traffic at like 50, 60 miles an hour, I just, from what I've experienced, I don't believe the car has enough um, like time from when it first sees it to making the decision to turn. And it doesn't accelerate hard enough 
almost always. So I really feel if we had higher resolution cameras, number one, which we do have in hardware four, and number two, if we could get some side-facing bumper cameras, at this point I give up. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I do think higher resolution, number one, would benefit. And I do believe side-facing, even rear cameras would be good for, I don't think that's that important. But yeah, side-facing front cameras I think would help a lot. But um, at the same time, Tesla didn't you know, throw some cameras on and say, cool. <laughs> they obviously have a reason for the, the setup they have. Yeah, I do wonder, I often wonder, because I've seen this happen before where the car, and this is probably more a UI thing, but the car reacts to things that are not showing on the screen that are far away. Have you had that happen to you mm -hmm. as well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that is like maybe just the resolution will solve that instead of placement, because maybe even if it's like a, I don't know, two degrees of the camera, I can see that object moving or something. It could like, you know, in interpret that and put it, I don't know, you know, I'm not an expert to this stuff in this stuff, but um, it, it is interesting that they're so, they're so sold on this setup and they've been using it for so long. And even with hardware four, it doesn't look like we're going to get any sort of change to the setup of the cameras whatsoever. It's, it's just going to um, be stuck where it's at. So I think we're getting a front bumper camera, the, the bumper, like the Cybertruck one. I think the mm -hmm. Cybertruck's got that one in the front. Yeah. I think we're going to get that um, on all the cars. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it's it just the like one though, right? Mm -hmm. like yep. front and, and it's, and it's, yeah, exactly. It's front facing. It's not even side facing. So, yeah. I wonder if it's like 180 degrees. Do you think maybe that would, that would help? It, it could be, but on the edges of those, you know, wide angle cameras, it's, not, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a software expert, but from my experience, it's not that usable of footage when you get to the very edge of those mm -hmm. cameras anyway. So that's just my yeah. guess. I, I don't think it's going to be that useful for that. That it could be, you know, I mean, what if it's a, do they make like, you know, 200 degree cameras and then the edges aren't needed, but you, that 180 spot is looking good still. That could be yeah. good. Good question. Good question, Chris. Thank you so much. All right, let's do a couple quick ones here. Uh, this one's interesting because I've never had to do this for any other Teslas I owned. Uh, actually, really, I haven't really had to do anything outside of a couple trim changes because of rattling. Um, and there was one, uh, uh, a handle on a front door, on the front passenger door in my one of my Model S's that I owned back in the day. Uh, okay. Question, have you had your front suspension arms replaced? I had both of mine replaced on the warranty twice. I have the 10th generation version. Virgin, did you have this issue? Have you experienced this with yours? No, I had a Model 3 that I got to 50,000 miles and I had the splines fixed. I don't know what those are, but <laughs> they're part of the wheel. Um, and they were making like a clicking noise. So I had those, mm -hmm. those fixed. Um, I guess it probably would have come back. There's not much you can do with those. Um, and then my Model Y is at 40,000 miles and I haven't had those replaced. No. Okay. In the comment section, if anybody has, let, let Max know. Uh, be good data for Max to have, but uh, yeah, unfortunate that you went through that, and hopefully everything's good now. All right, last last question. We'll make it a fun one. Matt really wants to get this question in. I was looking at your tweets, Chris. Can you guys please please talk about this elephant in the room, the Elon Zuck Lex GSP drama? Thanks, do it, haha. -ha. Please, guys. <laughs> guys, well, guys, who's G who's GSP? Sorry, oh, uh, George George Saint Pierre. So he's like a. He's a uh, oh, OG UFC guy, like yeah, okay, big okay. time. Um, yeah. So he 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 said he's going to coach Elon, and then Lex said he's going to yes. coach Zuck. I guess one of those two things. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah, go for it. What do I care? <laughs> like, I mean, I hope they I hope they don't get like seriously injured, but I think it'd be hilarious. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like 
we're all humans. Of course, like like Zuckerberg and, and Musk are highly accomplished and they're super rich and like, you know, very smart or whatever you want to say, but they're still humans. So if they want to fight, like, go for it. That sounds sweet. I mean, I would watch it. Yeah. And and I, dude, think of how much money they would raise for charity. Like, oh, it would lot, be incredible. A lot of money. So yeah, who cares? Yeah, I saw that from Lex. That's you see awesome. this one? Did you see the so memes here, already on that one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh it's awesome. So I replied. Good. I said, the walrus looks deadly. That's, That's a good reply. That's a good reply. Look at the walrus right there. Look Dude, at he's him. right on oh top of him. You can see his veins. He's like really putting an effort. Dude, he looks, he looks angry. He looks That mad. wrist control is legit. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if it does happen, it will be great for charity. But I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm going to make this prediction live for the first time. This ain't happening. I don't think it's going to no. happen. Well, I yeah. think, I mean, unless there's like, we wait a year and Musk does a lot of training, I think he might get his butt kicked, but he's also way bigger than Zuckerberg is. So, he's you big. know, that's, and that matters. I mean, even if you're untrained, like that matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if it does happen. I'm sure it'll be like a very uh, safe affair. I'm sure Zuck won't try to choke out the, Imagine the the. I'm sure his insurance doesn't cover for that. <laughs> if <it ends> up <laughs> being bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, bad stuff can happen. Yeah. I had a friend who did MMA, and I went to one of his matches, and he snapped the guy's arm. I mean, he didn't try, oh. but it it was it, oh, it was so loud. He just did uh, whatever move he did, and it was like crunch, and the whole place was like oh, you know, and and he felt bad. He didn't want to do that, but it's just those right. things happen when you are in those sports. Damn, man, that's crazy. I saw how do you watch MMA at all? Are you a big MMA guy? Nah, I, I mean, I look at the highlights, no? but no, nah, I don't watch it too much. Okay. Yeah, I've seen, uh, what was it? I saw the Silva fight against Rockhold where he, uh, he, uh, like shattered his, uh, what was it? His, uh, lower part of his leg. Oh, I yeah. saw Connor shatter his ankle area. Yeah, I've seen a few breaks. It's it sucks, but I can't stop watching the damn. I agree. I agree. You can't look away, but it's terrible. Yeah, it's like (laughs) testosterone. It's something about testosterone. Just can't can't stop it. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Chris. Uh, I really appreciate everything you do. I love your videos, man. I know, like I said before at the beginning of the of the interview or the podcast, whatever you want to call this conversation, uh, it's clear that you put in a lot of effort into your stuff, and it's I, I can tell it's a labor of love and. It's, it's awesome, man. So thank you so much for doing what you do. And I really appreciate you coming on and speaking with me. Uh, any parting words for the community? Everybody subscribe to Farzad if you have not. Very important <laughs> to do. That's that's all I got. Go subscribe to Dirty Tesla. The mods have dropped all that stuff in the comment section below. We'll make sure to include that in the description as well. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. We'll do a little outro here because I don't have producer wife and I got to do it. I almost forgot. Peace out, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you.